Hello and welcome to the Still Space Podcast. I'm your host, Executive Coach Mary Lee Gannon, where my guests and I share fun and simple strategies to manage yourself so that you can show up the way you want in work relationships in life and not default to past behaviors that leave you disappointed. The Still Space is where you learn to take an intentional moment to challenge habitual assumptions that hold you back with enlightened truths that boost your genius. We transform drama, resentment, doubt, unmet expectations, and self-sabotage to executive presence, self-control, deep sleep, healthy choices, and more connection with people who matter while it still matters. It's time. I invite you to subscribe to this podcast and get any of my free publications at my website, maryleegannon.com, where you can also learn more about working with me. Hi, friend, and welcome to the Still Space Podcast, episode 85, Make Your Wheel of Fortune Spin on Balance. If your career is consuming too much of your life, you will not be able to succeed at the rate that you want. As sad as that sounds, it's true. You think working harder will deliver what you want, but ultimately you'll burn out before you get to where you want to be. And here is how you'll know whether or not you're heading down this road. You feel tired, irritable, overwhelmed. You noticed you haven't seen close friends in a while. The people who are close to you are asking for more of your time and you feel as if you just don't have any more to give time, or energy. You find that you're not doing the things that you need to to enjoy life, like walking, meeting friends for coffee, visiting your favorite shop. You're working on your computer until you go to bed. You're not sleeping well. Conversely, if you're not focusing enough on recharting your life, you may find that you're not moving forward and susceptible to feeling victimized. You might be going through a life transition, such as losing a job, getting a divorce, or seeking new employment, but you're finding that can be challenging and devastating at the same time. It is almost as if you are going through the stages of grief. Allow yourself the time to mourn the losses of your past. Find the still space where you can spend time with those feelings that you've been avoiding, but keep from feeling victimized from them. Honor them. See them, thoroughly feel them so that you can release them. Be proactive. Identify what it is that you miss. Really examine the basis of what you miss and what you want in the future. You may have been through a divorce and you miss the continuity of having someone there, of feeling loved, of having a partner. You may be in a career transition and you miss the income. You miss the colleagues that you used to work with. Whatever the transition, identify what it is that you miss, not identify with yourself as that role. Do you miss the old job or do you miss the financial and emotional security of a steady paycheck? Do you miss a person or do you miss the dream of happily ever after? We can create new dreams. Are there not other ways to establish financial security? Are there dream police who say you cannot create a new dream? What is it about your situation that you can change in order to bring you more peace and happiness? 
You probably cannot get your old job back, might not be able to get your spouse back. You may not even want to, but you can use the extra time you have to truly define what it is that you really do want. So maybe it's not just security. You want someone who's creative as a partner. You want someone who's loving, who's deferential to you. Envision whatever it is that you're mourning. Envision it as if there are no barriers. Once you know what you really want, not desperately need, there's a difference between what you want and what you need, you can start a course to get there. This is where you begin to take action. You'll no longer feel victimized. Make sure that what you want is something you can feel, not see. If it's material, it's not going to ultimately satisfy you. The only thing you should see is yourself in your vision of what you want, enjoying your new life. A healthy life is one in which all areas are in balance. There are relationships, home, spiritual and community, social and cultural, financial and career, personal development, education, health and appearance, lots of aspects of a balanced life. You will figure what those are for you. For everybody, it's a little different. Do a self-evaluation of your life in each of these main categories. We'll say, number one, your home life. Number two, your social life. Number three, your financial perspective. Number four, your career. Number five, your personal development or educational development. Number six, your health. And whatever else you think makes for a balanced life. Are you celebrating the holidays by getting out your decorations? Are you spending time meditating, reflecting, worshiping, praying, Have you seen a play or attended a library lecture on a topic of interest to you? Are you meeting with a mentor? When is the last time you met a friend for coffee? Have you signed up for a yoga class or a class on some software that you want to learn? Are you eating heart-healthy foods? Have you taken those close to you or just yourself even on a vacation that could be as simple as an overnight at a friend's or family member's house? Change requires a dream, a goal. Envision yourself feeling what you want to feel and every day you will feel you're coming closer and closer to that. But it has to be a feeling, not an image. What is the feeling you want to feel with a balanced life? Don't let negative self-talk get you off track. And that self-talk might sound something like, oh, don't wish for that, don't... Don't dream about that. It'll never happen. Self-talk can be a deterrent when you are in the middle of a challenge because it can tend to be negative, a distraction, and can spiral out of control if fear is involved. Have you ever worked hard towards something, wanted it more than anything, put everything you have into achieving it, only to find yourself worrying that it won't happen, and then imagining the disasters that will happen if it doesn't happen? After my husband and I separated, I worked very hard at trying to get through the litigious process of divorce. Previously, I had co-signed loans for his business, a place I did not work or make decisions. This was against my better judgment. 
Note to self, trust your judgment and do your best not to go against it just to keep the peace. Start creating alternatives that are in line with your good judgment. I didn't trust my good judgment. I felt that I had to do these things. I had to sign these loans. All wives in business do this, Mary Lee. Hmm. I knew better, but there I was, signing anyway, just to keep my family together. I had worked very hard to prepare for the hearings and court appearances. I organized everything for my attorney that I could, practiced what I would say, how I would say it. I talked to as many people as I could about the upcoming hearing to save my house from creditors to his business. But negative self-talk began to get in the way. I'm going to lose. The children and I are going to be thrown out of the, on the street without a place to live. I'm never going to be able to take care of my family. How am I going to handle all of this? It wasn't at all productive and did nothing but deter me from peace, from balance, and moving forward. It just instilled fear. Well, I lost the hearing, not to my surprise. Our very nice home in an exclusive suburb whose mortgage was nearly paid off did indeed go toward paying off my ex-husband's business debt. The children and I became homeless, carless, without health insurance, and hungry. Was this fair? Of course not. But what guarantees that life is fair? It's not about what is fair. It's about what you do with the cards you've been dealt. Look at the celebrities who have a multitude of power, fame, money, and attention. Look at how many end up seeking the comfort of vices. How many have overdosed, committed suicide. What are they seeking comfort from? Look at how many have been through countless bouts in rehabilitation facilities. Don't they have everything anyone could want, or do they? Do they know who truly likes them for who they are inside instead of the status of who they have become, the identity that they're identifying with? Do people flock to them because of their fame and money or because they are good people? If you are soundly grounded in who you are and value the intangibles such as love, relationships, integrity, then power, fame, and stuff are not the value that you live for. You may have those things, but they are not your internal barometer. Additionally, if you value stuff, you will never have enough of it. There is always more to have. The appetite is insatiable. So when are you satisfied? Never. It is pretty dooming. And the very reason rehabilitation programs try to teach people new values and a direction of a life dedicated to service to others and surrendering to a higher calling, both of these are intangible because they are more at your core. I look back now and can clearly see that worrying about what might occur did absolutely nothing to help me fix it. And despite of all that happened, the world did not come to an end. One night, I lay in bed, looking up at the ceiling and saying to myself, I still have a roof over my head. We had dinner tonight. I have food for the children tomorrow. I have people close to me who care about us. This is living in the moment. This is staying where you are in appreciation so that you may have the still space of peace that you deserve. 
my negative self-talk was wasted energy. Not only did it do nothing to help me, but it wasn't even reasonable. I began to realize I could handle the situation and indeed was able to take care of and support my children. I assessed my strengths. I set myself on a career path whereby I was able to purchase a car and another home in the same school district in which I lived. It was the tools I am conveying to you today that helped me get there. Staying in the still space, staying in the moment, and not allowing my thoughts to take over. What I truly feared was that I could not control what was going on around me, and the unknown was scary. I shouldn't have feared that. I should have just acknowledged it. I can't change things that are not within my control. I had not been able to make a marriage work. I did not control the household income, and I did not control the court system. I had worked so hard at doing the best I could at which I was able to control, improving my skills as a writer, taking on new clients, supporting my children, that I built a delusion. If I worked hard enough, I could control anything What a comedy that was. Finally, I woke up from my own nightmare and the garden of virtues I had been blessed with began to bloom around me. I couldn't make somebody love me who didn't love me, but I could love me. Most of what was going on in the court system was out of my hands. So finally, I asked myself, why fear it? Chances are that the worst case scenario in any situation, with the exception of health, is still something that can be overcome. I was blessed with good health. I began celebrating the good things in my life. Practice positive messages for your self-talk, such as, I can do this. Imagine how you will feel when you actually accomplish your goal. Remember that feeling and keep it close to you. Imagine how it will feel over and over and over in your mind. And I have my clients create a success sketch. You can even write it on paper. Write the feeling down and draw with stick figures what you're doing there. Are your family members involved? Are you in an office that you enjoy? Do you go home to a house that you enjoy? And then write down what the feeling is there. A good friend of mine suggested that I write God is synchronizing on a piece of paper and post that where I could see it every day. I did that and I realized these things are happening. They're all part of a bigger picture. Don't get stuck on the negativity of them. I wrote the word on a neon pink index card and hung it above my stove. I took that card with me when I moved to my new house and posted it in my new kitchen. A new life was unfolding for me, right in front of my eyes. I was like a child in a candy shop. I couldn't have been more excited to be there. I was discarding old thoughts, superficial friendships, and insignificant activities like yesterday's newspaper. I was relishing new quality friendships, new interests, and the new home I was creating for my family. When we are better with who we are, we attract people that are much more grounded, more like who we are at our core. And I was finding that in my life. My circle of friends was changing. Life holds a wonderful opportunity to harmonize love, work, and service. Also, education and friendships. For a greater good, work on these intangible values to evolve and grow. Balance your life to appreciate every aspect of what the world is offering you.
Take time to reward yourself. This new quest in life will test you often. Whatever transition you find yourself going through, you'll probably go through a transition again. You have and will be met with rejection in your life. Be sure to celebrate the small successes that you do have, the people that do accept you, the things that you are good at and achieve. If a potential employer calls you for an interview, reward yourself with a great cup of coffee or your favorite tea. Make time to reward the important people in your life also for their small ways that they are contributing to your peace, to your fulfillment. Now here's a rule break. We have been told since we were children that if we put others first, we will be happy. I believe and have seen this to be true. Doing things for others not only nurtures your own soul, but the bonds created with the people receiving your goodness often strengthen your personal relationships with them as well, again nurturing your soul even more. I say now is a time to broaden your interpretation of the golden rule. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. I say do also for yourself as you do unto others. When things are really challenging, it's hard to make time to help others. I understand that. Additionally, it can be even harder to prioritize doing special things for yourself. Remember that you are taking on a big life transition. Plants don't grow without sun and nourishment. Lives don't either. Be sure to nurture yourself first. Remember the flight attendant? Put the mask over your nose and mouth first so that you may help others. If you aren't using self-care, mindful daily practices for yourself, you're going to feel as if you don't have enough to show up and help others. That's a really good indication to start with yourself. Now, here are eight steps to keep your life in balance for better fulfillment for you. Number one, do a life balance self-examination. List the aspects of a balanced life that we talked about earlier in this episode, and next to each element, put a percentage of the time and energy you spend on them right now. So let's just say home and your family relationships. How much time do you spend of your time on that? Or on your sort of spiritual community aspect of your life? or the social aspect of your life, or the financial and career aspect of your life, the personal development aspect of your life, on keeping yourself healthy. Where is most of your time being spent? Also with your time, your energy, because sometimes you are not at work, but you're thinking about work. That means you're consumed with work more than a reasonable amount of time. Because if you look at the wheel balance, you're going to be at work most of the time. Most of your waking hours are going to be at work. So we want to make sure that you have a healthy balance in the other areas to offset the hours that you're working. The percentage of these should equal 100%. So you draw a circle and divide it like a pie chart representing the corresponding percentages. And then mark your calendar in three months from now to complete this pie chart again and compare. Is there more equity? Is there more balance among all of these aspects of your life that are important to you? Second step, write each of the life balance areas on the top of one index card. 
and list at least one specific goal under each area with a deadline for achieving it. And you don't have to use an index card. You can use a planner. You can use um, the notes app on your phone. You can use any electronic Word document or any other electronic app that supports you. Remember, quote, I will find more time for social outings is not a goal. I will organize a women's night out once a month with three friends and have the first one by mid next month. That is a goal. It's a specific goal with a deadline. As you achieve one goal, check it off and write down the next one. You may have more than one goal at a time in a specific area. That's okay. That's more than okay. Look at your goals every day. Mark your calendar in three months to update your goals. Step number three, have someone over for a simple lunch or dinner at least once a month. Connecting with friends and family is important, especially if you're in some sort of life transition. These friends and family will keep you from being isolated. And isolation keeps you from creating new dreams and taking action to bring your dreams to reality. Entertaining also requires some creative thought. Create a menu with new recipes. It will help you stretch out of your comfort zone. And maybe you're just picking a restaurant to go to or a coffee shop to go to. But that connection is important. Step four, go to a meditative or spiritual location, which could just be a room in your house, once a week to give thanks for what you have. Sitting quietly in a park, in a church, in a synagogue, in a temple, in a mosque, or sunlit corner once a week will give you the right venue in which you can reflect on the things that are going well and thoughts that you want to release that aren't serving you. Song, prayer, meditation will help you give thanks for what you have. Listen to the silence there. Step number five. Use an inexpensive bookkeeping software program or ledger to keep track of your finances. We often are afraid of things that we don't understand. It is much easier to feel at ease with your financial situation when you know exactly what it is. Set up a standard account and track your expenses. Keep a separate category for business expenses if you have a business. Your expenses that are related to finding a job, those are deductible or going into your own business, these may be able to be deducted. Keep track of them. Even before you find a job or start a business, keep track of your finances. You can check this with your accountant. Analyze spending on a monthly basis. Are there areas in which you can spend less? Can your savings afford you a trip to the movies or a concert or a vacation or someplace really fun? Step number six, take a class or see a counselor for a fresh perspective. When you're trying to change things in your life, old non-productive habits can get in the way. A counselor can help you identify these old habits so that you can begin to change them. A coach does the same thing. A counselor will help you reflect back more on the why, and a coach can be very helpful in helping you plan for the future. If you don't feel a counselor is necessary or can't afford one, sign up for a class. 
in something that will get you closer to what you envision you want for your life. Keeping your mental capacity fresh and stimulated will propel you up and keep you from spiraling downward. Step number seven, join a professional or social organization on a topic that interests you. These can be virtual, these can be in person, or a combination of both. This association is for your growth, for your connection with people, and for your becoming more of a maven in an area that interests you. Make sure it is a place where you can meet new people. The social aspect of this will be rewarding, and you can find lists of organizations in all types of places. It might be an alumni journal, it might be in a city directory, cultural district, locate your city's business newspaper, um, read your local business and metropolitan newspapers. There's lots of organizations. Meetup is a great place to find them. Step number eight, start walking on a regular basis. Very simple. Regular exercise will give you more energy and keep your mind alert. Any form of exercise will suffice. Yoga, Pilates, a visit to the gym. Walking, though, is simple and anyone can do it. Walk in a way that you could still have a conversation fast enough, but not so slow that you don't feel like you're getting exercise. Consult with your doctor before commencing any rigorous exercise routine. In closing, I will say that work-life balance is a myth. You will always have more waking hours at work and sometimes spend more time with the people that you work with than you do with the people that you live with. So understanding that, we're seeking life-work integration. We're finding a way to weave our values into our lives, into our work, into our community interests, into our health, such that we have an an integration of our values into everything that we do so that we don't feel torn, too tired for all the time we spend at work, too tired for all the things that we volunteer doing. We have a healthy balance of our values being present in all of them. And in that still space is where we can define those values as to what is really important to us, what matters, so that we can bring it to the forefront of our life. Wishing you that work-life integration today and finding and defining it in your still space. I have something really special that I can't wait to share with you. Most of you know that I work by day as the CEO of a $31 million organization, and I coach a handful of clients in the evening. Now I have taken the tenets of mindful leadership and put that into a training program so that you can fast track your career leadership while also balancing that with a good night's sleep healthy eating habits, and close relationships. I call this program Mindful Leader Satisfied Life. Not only will you have the training, you also get one-on-one coaching with me, not a group, one-on-one coaching with me so that we can unravel your personal assumptions that are holding you back. You will no longer be unnoticed, undervalued, and inadequate, feel judged, and that others think that there's something wrong with you and you start thinking there's something wrong with you too because you're getting passed over for promotions, new roles, 
No longer doing all the things you hear you should be doing. Sigh of relief, right? With only defeat and the fear that failure is in your DNA forever dogging you in the back of your mind. You'll no longer be disconnected from colleagues, friends, and family, or following the shoulds that make you feel you're still behind the curve and might even lose everything altogether. No longer frustration about habits that show up in terms of snacking, disjointed relationships, vices, poor sleep. No longer making excuses while not actually getting any closer to high performance. So if you're interested in this program, all you have to do is go to my website, maryleegannon.com. Click on the link on the top that says Coach with Mary Lee. It explains all about the program. Fill out a few questions on the questionnaire so that I know a little bit more about you and I'll reach right out to you and we'll set up a time to talk and we'll get you started. No longer will you have to wake up and say, I missed an opportunity. I wish I had. Please remember that I can only take a few clients at a time and I already have a full book right now. So I'd like to make sure that you're on the list. Head over to maryleegannon.com. Click on Coaching with Mary Lee. Let's get started. I'm glad you were with me today and I invite you to subscribe to this podcast and get any of my free publications at my website, maryleegannon.com where you can also learn more about working with me. 